exercise is good. It's good for you in so many ways. But I want to tell you this morning about something that is far better and it lasts forever. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, Physical exercise has some value. But spiritual exercise is much more important because it promises a reward both in this life and in the next. Spiritual exercise. You see, your fleshly body will someday fail no matter how healthy you may be. Who knows who Jack LaLanne was? Anybody? Good. I'm glad somebody did. Jack LaLanne lived to be 96 years old, and he was known as the godfather of fitness. But on January the 23rd, 2011, Jack LaLanne, just like everybody else, had his flesh to fail him, and he went on into eternity. Now, Jack once said this. He said, I can't die. It'll ruin my image. But die he did. And I wonder, where is Jack spending eternity? For a Christian entering a brand new year, it's only reasonable that we begin thinking about our need for spiritual exercise. Entering into a new year, it's only logical that we begin thinking about godliness and about the importance of an intimate walk with God. There is nothing, friend, that you can do in the coming year that will benefit you more than being determined to walk with God. Nothing. Paying attention to God always pays. I want to encourage you to do that. And every single one of us, every one of us lives and walks the road of life. But it's how we walk that makes the difference. We all walk the road of life. But it, how do we live? For whom do we live? Friend, that is what makes the difference. Turn with me in your Bibles if you would. To Psalms chapter 1, and I believe that the Bible gets us pointed in the right direction about tis the season to walk with God. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, Blessed is the man who walks not, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall never wither, and whatever he does, it shall prosper. If you're walking with God, your life will always, always prosper. Let's pray. Father, we're so thankful that we even get the privilege and the ability to walk with you in the course of this life. Lord, help us to be determined in 2013 to make that a reality. We love you and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.
Friend, there are only two ways. Only two ways you can walk in this life. You can walk with God or you can walk with the sinful of this world. Only two ways. If you walk with God, your life will always be filled with abundance and blessing. Always. Either here or later, it will always be filled with abundance and blessing. But walking with the sinful or walking in sin always leads to trouble. It always leads to difficulty. It always leads to challenge. It always leads to judgment. And you need to know that if you're not choosing to deliberately walk with God, then you are choosing to walk with the world. It's our choice. But it's either one or the other. Walking with God or walking with the world. There's only two choices. But blessed is the man, blessed is the woman, happy, fortunate, envious, prosperous is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Famous pastor and preacher and evangelist, missionary, a man named George Mueller, who I greatly respect, once said, for the first three years after I was saved, I neglected the word of God. For three years, George Mueller neglected the Word of God. However, since then, he says, I have read the Bible through hundreds of times. And every time, I do it with increasing delight. It seems my day is lost when I haven't started it by reading the Word of God. You see, friend, the person who walks with God also spends some time in the Word of God. Are you walking with God? Today, we're going to see and learn about three men who walked with God, and we're going to see how they walked with God. First of all, if you would, go to Genesis chapter 5, and let's take a look at a man named Enoch. Say Enoch. Say Enoch. Enoch. That's right. We're going to take a look at Enoch's walk of evangelism. And in Genesis chapter 5, beginning in verse 21, we find that Enoch, say Enoch, say it again. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after he begot Methuselah or gave birth to Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. Miss Gladys hadn't even walked with God 300 years, amen? Walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and suddenly he was not because God just took him. He didn't even die. God just took him. But Enoch walked with God. Now I was wondering, how did he do that? How did he do that? What did he do in order to walk with God? I mean, did he literally walk with God? Well, I think that certainly anything is possible with God, amen? And it wouldn't be the only time that God came down in human form and walked with humanity. After all, he did it in, the, in Jesus, the Son of God, as he came down from heaven and walked the earth and walked amongst human beings. But normally, we think of Enoch 
of having such a close relationship with God that he was literally in touch with him all the time. That's what it's meant by walking with God. And you know, last week as Chad Hall was sharing with me about his grandfather's funeral, I found that at least part of Chad's success was his ability to remind the family and the friends of some poignant things that his grandfather had said or done in the course of his life. And I concluded that Billy Graham himself could not have done a better job at Mr. Cogburn's funeral than Chad Hall did. Why? Because Billy Graham never talked with Mr. Cogburn. Billy Graham never knew him, never walked with him through the course of his life. Now, of course, we know that, that God was with Chad as Chad led the service, but it was Chad's relationship with his grandfather that made him so successful. I want to ask you this question. In life, how successful are you? In life, how successful are you? How much time do you spend walking with God? How much time do you spend talking with the author of life? How much time do you spend walking with the giver of life and the sustainer of life? I mean, are you in touch with God like Enoch was in touch with God? You know, we do a whole lot of talking to people, but how much time do we talk to God? What I'm trying to tell you is, is that in order to walk with God, you have to spend time and communicate with God. But how did Enoch walk with God in regard to evangelism? That word evangelism is not even in those verses. How did he do that? Well, what we do see is that for the last 300 years of Enoch's life, he walked with God and had many sons and daughters. I believe, friend, that an intimate walk with God may be the very best way to lead somebody else into a relationship with God. When you are walking in a joyful relationship with God, others want what you got. When Enoch lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Now, the Bible just told us that Enoch was the father of Methuselah. What is Methuselah known for? Anybody know? Huh? He's the oldest geezer in the Bible. Amen? 969 years old. The oldest person in the Bible. And get this, Methuselah was also the grandfather of Noah. And in Genesis 6-9, the Bible says that Noah also walked with God. 
So that makes Enoch Noah's great-granddaddy. Could it be that Enoch influenced his whole family or at least part of his family and encouraged them to walk with God? I think it's very likely. You know why? Because what parents do, what parents do affects our children either for good or for evil. What parents do affects our children for either good or evil. Just check out Facebook from time to time. And when you do, you will see in a re-emerging pattern. Let me give you an example. If you look at my brother Eric's uh, homepage, you will see pictures of him dressed in camouflage. The boy's got camouflage everything. He's got camouflage pants, underwear, socks, shoes, hat, glasses, glasses case, phone case, camouflage everything. It's amazing how much camo Eric's got. Now if you look at the homepage of his boys, miraculously you'll find that there's a whole lot of camo on those pages too. And Zach, the oldest, doesn't even like hunting. Why is that? Why has he still got camo? Why? One reason is, is because they do what their daddy does. Those boys are doing what their daddy does, like father, like son, amen? They do what their daddy does. Could the same thing be true of a parent's walk with God? Absolutely. Many of you are here today because of the walk with God your parents had. And many of your children will walk with God. Because of what you have done and how you have walked with God as well. But you know, I suspect that Enoch's walk with God didn't stop with his family. I mean, for 300 years, I would venture to say that he also tried to influence the people around him. People down at the lumber yard where he probably worked. I bet you Enoch influenced all of his friends and perhaps his neighbors. He wanted everybody to walk with God as well. What do we learn from that? It's this. If your walk with God is what it should be, then you will say will. If your walk with God is what it ought to be, you will influence your family. If your walk with God is what it ought to be, you will influence your friends and your neighbors, and your co-workers, and your acquaintances, and people that are watching you. How many of you know that people are always watching you? They're always watching you. That's what a walk with God will do. It will affect other people. And that's why I believe Enoch had a walk of evangelism. For 300 years he walked with God. And I believe he influenced a lot of people. But we also see Noah's walk of obedience. If you'll look just in the next chapter, in chapter 6, in verse 5, we see that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And get this, 
The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. Here he had made his prized creation. And scripture says he was downright sorry he made them. Because they were so evil. Was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. So what did he do? The Lord said, I'm going to destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I've made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generations. Why? Noah walked with God, verse 9. Noah walked with God. Hebrews eleven seven reminds us that by faith, when warned about the things not yet seen, get this, in holy fear. Say that with me. In holy fear. One more time. In holy fear, built an ark to save his family, by his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness by faith. In holy fear, Noah built that ark. God told Noah he was getting ready to send a flood and he better get ready for it. So in holy fear, Noah prepared that ark to save his family. He obeyed God. Now I want to get some responses from you. If you thought your world was getting ready to be destroyed in your lifetime, tell me how you would feel. If you knew the world was going to be destroyed in your lifetime, how would you feel? Tell me. Huh? Scared? Concerned? Confused? Anyone else? Sad? Thank you, Brett. Would you be downright tore up about it? Would you be having a fit? Yeah. Just go to, uh, do what? Crazy. Second question. Just go ahead and have, just have fun, huh? I'm with you, babe. Second question. More serious question. If you thought you were going to die in the immediate future, if you thought you were going to die this week, before the new year began, you were a goner. How would you respond? Okay. Do anything differently? Would you do anything differently? Probably so. All right. Who else? You'd be happy? Okay. Would you do anything differently? Okay. 
I'll challenge that in a second. Spend more time with people you love? More time. More time. Okay? You're gone or in a week. How are you going to respond? Help me out, y'all. Share your love more. Talk to God more. Great. What else? Tell other people about the Lord more. Amen. All right, Brother Bill, what's your point? Be more thankful. Amen. We could go on with a long list there, couldn't we, Marshall? Wow. Praise the Lord more. Pray more. Talk to God more. Amen. Good. What's the point? If you're going to be a goner in a week, I'd like to think that in holy fear, you'd do something differently. Pray more. Spend more time. Love more. Share the gospel more. Pray more. I'd like to think you do something differently. Because we, as much as we like to think so, we don't have a church full of angels here. Amen. Y'all are close. Really? Come on up here. You're right on target, sister. Why wait? Why do we wait? Acting like we got all the time in the world. To do God's will. Why do we wait? I mean, every day, people are leaving this world and without much notice. Amen? Some of them are old, but guess what? A lot of them are young. Brother Chad, preachers are taught to preach as dying men to dying men and women. Don't ever forget that. I read about one preacher who was known for saying that he would die preaching. And sure enough, at his appointed time, he dropped dead behind the pulpit. Who is to say that something like this couldn't happen today? Who is to say that maybe immediately following this message, I might drop dead of a heart attack? Or worse yet, I might not get to finish it. Can I get an amen? One amen? Francis Barry Hill, one amen? Hey, that's right, that'll work, that'll work. And hope, listen to this, if you don't get anything else I said today, you get this. In holy fear, we need to be doing some things differently. In holy fear, we need to be doing something differently in 2013. In holy fear, we all need to be obeying God. In holy fear, Noah built an ark to save his family. What are you doing to save yourself and your family? In holy fear, we all need to walk with God. We need to do whatever it takes. In order to walk with God, 
If that means you got to get up early or stay up late or get another job or put duct tape over your mouth, whatever it takes, you got to do it to walk with God. You've heard what the definition of insanity is, right? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Well, if you do the same thing you did in 2012 and 2013, ain't nothing going to be different. You will not be doing anything differently. In holy fear, we all need to be faithful in our worship of the Lord. An hour or two every Sunday is not that great a sacrifice to God. In holy fear, we ought to be giving back a portion of what he's given us. The opportunity to give back to God is not that great a sacrifice for all he's done for us. In holy fear, we ought to be spending time in prayer. In holy fear, we ought to be listening to God just like Noah listened to God. And friends, there's only one way I know to do that. And that is to read the word of God. In holy fear, we ought to read the word of God every day so that we might hear from our maker. In holy fear, we need to obey God like Noah obeyed God. Enoch walked with God in evangelism. For 300 years, he showed what a walk with God was like. Noah walked in obedience. But I want to share one more with you. Abraham's walk of faith. If you'll go to Genesis chapter 17, I want to share with you a couple verses about Abraham. In verse 1, when Abram was 99 years old, boy, there's some old folks, man. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and get this, will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. God said to Abraham, walk before me and be blameless and get this, I will multiply you exceedingly. I talked to you a couple of weeks about the new theme for our coming year was going to be multiplying disciples. One making one. Amen? Say that with me. Say it louder. That's what Jesus called us to do. To be a disciple and then to make one. He told Abraham, walk before me and be blameless and I'll multiply you exceedingly. What did God mean by those words? I think God was saying this. If in your life, if you will walk with me, 
if you'll walk with me constantly and consistently and faithfully, and you'll be blameless, that is, you'll be wholesome and full of integrity, I'll make a ton more people just like you. If you'll walk with me and have integrity while you're doing it, I'll make a ton more people just like you. I read an interview with Billy Graham uh, with Greta Van Susteren on Fox News. And Graham said, I have a tremendous amount of hope because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead. I believe he's alive right now and I can't wait to see him. Because of what Jesus Christ did for me on the cross, I look forward to seeing my wife in heaven because in the near future, because I'm 92 years old, I know I'm going to go see her. I know my time on earth is limited. And this gives me a great deal of hope. Van Susteren then asked Billy, if you could do things all over again, would you do anything differently? This is Billy Graham, mind you, all right? One of my earthly heroes. Billy Graham answered, yeah. If I had it to do over again, I'd spend more time in prayer. Just telling the Lord how much I love him, how much I adore him, and how much I look forward to an eternity of time that I'm going to spend with him. Now, friend, as far as I know, Billy Graham always walked with God in a blameless manner. How in the world could he live such a blameless life? Well, he'd be the first one to tell you that it only happens in a walk with God by faith. He wouldn't say, well, folks, I did it my way. He'd say, no. It takes a walk with God by faith. To me, Billy Graham is something of an Abraham, although he'd tell you that no, he ain't either. Billy Graham preached Jesus Christ to over 215 million people in over 185 countries. That sounds pretty faithful to me. Well, Abraham did that too. His walk with God was a very faithful walk, and he exercised great faith. Think about this. Abraham's faith was evidence when God called him to leave his home and go to another country. And there, God would exceedingly multiply him. He trusted God, and he walked to that foreign country by faith. In 2013, you're going to have an opportunity to go to another country and multiply yourself. It's our prayer that we're going to be sending a mission team to Guatemala in 2013. And I want you to start praying about that. It'll be sometime in September, maybe the end of August. We don't know exactly, but we know we're going. And you're going to have that opportunity to take the love of Jesus to another country, to places where they've never heard the name Jesus, and go and multiply yourself. Will you be faithful to do that? Through his constant, consistent, and faithful walk with God, Abraham was blameless, and through him, God 
made a ton more people just like him. Believers willing to walk with God. You ever heard this song? All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Amen. Well, Christmas is over. And I don't know whether you got whether you, what you wanted or not, and it's kind of irrelevant now. But I want to tell you what you need more than anything. More than anything in 2013, what you need is to walk with God more. What you need more than anything is to walk with God better in this life. Walking with God. It will bring you more countless blessings than you could ever dream or imagine. And you say, Brother Bill, how in the world do I do that? How do I walk with God like you're talking about? I believe it's simple. And I believe we've been teaching our kids. And so they've got a little message for you this morning. Brett, Cy, Coulter, Madison, Molly. Now come up here. You come out there. And you guys line up here. <coughs> right here, over there. Back at the top. Okay. Now they're going to take this through. Why don't you turn around, Brett, and get that up. They're going to take this through very, very slowly, right, Brett? Very slowly. And if you'll listen carefully, you'll learn how to walk with God the way the Bible tells you to. So I'll turn it over to you, Britt. Thanks, guys. That's how you walk with God. Trust him with all your heart. Don't lean on what you think you know. Seek his ways, and he'll show you the way to go. How do you develop an intimate walk with God? Do just like these men of old did. Evangelize. Tell other people about your faith in Christ. Live obediently. Not only tell them, but show them how to walk with God. Evangelize. Live obediently. And then honor God by being faithful. Because not only does that show other people how to walk with God, it honors God when you do it. Amen. Now today you have a great opportunity to make a decision during this decision time to take the first step in walking with God. It may be for the first time ever that you've taken a step to walk with God. It may be a new step in a new direction that God wants you to take as you recommit your life to him in 2013. But God is here, and he's the one that will urge you to go in the direction he wants you to go. 
The only question is, will you choose walking with God or walking with the world? The decision's yours. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, we thank you so much that you made it pretty easy and you made it pretty clear. Lord, success in this life depends upon whether we're going to walk with you or walk the way of this world. I choose to walk with you. And I pray that you would help me to do some things differently so that I walk with you closer, more intimately, and so that you would be more effective through me. so much that he is the only way that we can walk with you. So Lord, we place our faith in him. And I pray that Lord, whatever decision you have to make this morning, Lord, today will be your day. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and sing. I surrender all. Let's